Man, so, uh, so you guys know, uh, most of you do, that we're going through um, uh, this one series this whole semester, right, called Stories. And so that's why when you come in here, you're like, what in the world? Why is there people on the screens and why are they telling their stories? This is why, because um, every single week we're looking through a different story of Hebrews 11. And so that's kind of where we're going to continue in tonight. But I love this one because uh, if you want to go ahead and mark your Bible in Genesis chapter 12, uh, we're going to be there tonight, verses 1 through 5, Genesis 12. Uh, mark it there, but turn to Hebrews 11. Um, and so, so tonight, as we talk about um, this certain hero of the faith, uh, it, it brings us to Abraham. Uh, Abram, Abraham, you know, kind of the same thing there, but uh, it, it brings us to him. And so I love how uh, every, every week, like we talk about something different, whether it's like faith, whether it's like disobedience or how you should live your life, how God requires of you to live your life, how you should not live your life. I mean, we just, we talk about all these different things because in every person's story, there's a whole different topic, right? Like there's, there's a different thing that they struggled with inside of their story, which means that we're all not the same. We're all different. We all have different stories. We all have come from different families, all, all, the, all this stuff. And so from tonight, I love this because it is all about the idea of obedience, right? Like what does obedience look like inside of our lives? Uh, and really, what is, what is partial obedience? What is, you know, full obedience? What, what, is, what does that look like in our life, and what does God require of us? And so I'm just, like, I've been praying like, for tonight that, that really looking through obedience, that this would kind of just crash the walls down inside of your mind. Uh, maybe if you, uh, if you struggle with obedience, maybe you struggle with, you think that you've been obeying, but really you've been only partially obeying. I, I just, I've been praying that, each and every one of you would see this in a whole new way, right? And see this in a whole new way inside of your life because, you know, the whole Christian life is all about obedience. So look with me in chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start there, and then we're going to flip to Genesis chapter 12. So Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10. It says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. All right, so we see that, and so that takes us to Genesis chapter 12. So we flip over, Genesis 12, verses 1 through 5. This is back when God first calls him. He says, verse 1 says, The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. So just like every week, there's so much that we could dive into, but there's a few key things that I want you guys to grab a hold of. Maybe you have a, a pen or maybe you got your phone out or something, but you guys need to take note of a few things tonight. Number one, partial obedience, we need to understand, delays God's faithfulness inside of our lives. Partial obedience, it delays his faithfulness. Now, I want to focus on that word delays, right? Like, it doesn't get, do away with it. It just simply delays it. Verse, verse 1, if you're taking notes, says it like this. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you, right? And so, obviously, there's this, there's this command going on here in verse 1. There's this, there's this thing going on to where literally there's, there's this conversation like we're seeing in all these 
these stories, right? And all these stories of, of the heroes of the faith, we're seeing God specifically talking to these people. And so it's no different in verse one here. Like the Lord is saying, he's like, all right, I'm gonna tell you what to do. You go from this, you go from this, you go here. I'm gonna give you specific instructions. I know for me, like even sometimes when I have specific instructions, I don't even obey them, right? Like I, I know there's like some of you in here because you're bad. I'm just kidding, you're not bad. But, but it's one of those things to where, right? Like whenever God tells you specific things, I think a lot of us, even though we have specifics, like God tell me exactly what to do, even though we have specifics, we're still prone to disobey, right? What do we call this? We call this partial obedience. And so if we don't fully obey God, it's all right. Like no, nothing's going to happen, really. We, so we call this partial obedience. But here's the deal with partial obedience. Partial obedience doesn't have enough power to control God's love for you. But it does have enough power to put God's promises for your life on hold, have you ever seen this about partial obedience? Like even inside of scripture, like you can look in the, the story of Abraham or Abram and you can see where like partial obedience, listen, it has only so much power. It doesn't have enough power. Like some of you are saying, well, I've been partially obedient in my life. I've, I've disobeyed, I've done this, I've done that. And so automatically you think God doesn't love you anymore, right? Like automatically because of disobedience, you think God is just has lost it all for you. You think that you're too far gone, and that's legit because I talk to you guys weekly. Like you think that you're too far gone, right? But partial obedience doesn't have that power. It doesn't have enough power to do that. But here's what, what it does have. It does have enough power to get, put God's promises for your life on hold. And so here's basically what partial obedience does for you and what it, what it did for Abram, right? It literally, it says, listen, God, I know you got something for me, but I just don't want it right now. That's what partial obedience does. It literally delays God's promises. Now, it doesn't take away his promises, like a lot of people believe. Like a lot of people believe, well, if I disobey, then it's gonna take away God's promises. God's not gonna love me. It doesn't give you a right to sin, but at the same time, we need to see whenever you partially obey God, especially God, it's one thing to partially disobey a human. But whenever you partially obey God, you need to see that, number one, it doesn't have enough power to strip God's love for you. But number two, it does have enough power to put these promises on hold. And I don't know about you, but I know, like, I've never talked to anybody who said, yeah, I want God's promises for my life to be on hold, right? Like, yeah, I, I would volunteer that. I would volunteer to have all the good things that God has for me to just be, be, on a, be to a standstill. Like, no, nobody wants that, right? But through partial obedience, that is what we get. And I love how even through this, like, Scripture always connects to each other. If you've never heard me say this before, it, it's how I picture it. I picture it as like a spider web, right? Like, the spider webs, are, there's wires going everywhere. Like there's little, whatever you call them, going everywhere, right? And so, basically, you got this whole spider web, and it's all going in different directions, but at the same time, time, it all connects with each other. And this is what we see here. So we know from Acts, if you're taking notes, Acts chapter 7, verses 2 through 4, that this specific promise was made to Abram before he left Ur of the Chaldeans. Now that his father was dead, he was compelled to a more complete obedience. And so here's what we see. God repeated the promise to him. And so whenever we come across these verses and God is making promises and God is talking to him, this is not the first time God has made this promise, right? It's not the first time that God has said, listen, I'm gonna make a promise to you and, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna step away from the scenes. No, God, God doesn't do that. Sometimes in our life, you will see God over and over repeating what he has said to you, right? Because we're not, we're not going to be the ones on the very first time he says something to do it, most of us, right? And so God comes along and he repeats his promise. So we see this delay in God's promise because of partial obedience inside of this man's life, right? And so whenever it comes to obedience, listen, whenever you do it partially, you're simply delaying God's promises, God's faithfulness inside of your life. You don't strip it away. 
You simply delay. To me, that's worse, right? To me, if I delay my own promises from God, like God's promises to me, that's worse than him even stripping it away, right? You have the opportunity, you have the choice to say, God, I'm simply going to obey you. Right? And in our culture, we seem like, man, if I obey God, that's going to be a big deal. But listen, if you partially obey God, you're delaying heaven here on earth. You literally have the power to delay eternal things here on earth. I love how this one guy put it. He said, Abram's partial obedience did not take God's promise away. Instead, it meant the promise was on hold until Abram was ready to do what the Lord said. And I wonder how many, how many people in the room tonight, including myself, is he saying the same thing to, right? Like we, we see that this partial obedience, it doesn't take God's promises away. We've already established that. We know that. However, every day we wake up, man, we're choosing for God's promises to be on hold for our lives. You're like, man, I'm looking for a sign. I want God to do something. I want God to bless me. God is saying, if you'll just simply obey me, I will bless you. If you simply live life by what we've been saying, by what this book says, I promise you, I will, I will bless you. I will show you my faithfulness. And so many times, we, we, and we've talked about this before, we're, we're so bad about living life apart from this book, but we also want the promises of this book, and it doesn't happen that way. God is saying, if you will simply obey me, I promise you, you will see more of me. If you simply obey, if you draw near to me, what will God do? I will draw near to you, right? It's so simple. And so this partial obedience type deal, don't don't let it have a hold of your life. Understand that it only has a certain amount of power, but you control its power. You control, you have the power to control what it does inside of your life. And so here's, here's what this means to a basic standpoint. God has the power to be faithful in his promise, but we have the power to delay his faithfulness in those promises, have you ever thought about it this way before? Is that like God, he, he has this power. We know all throughout scripture. Some of you, like you've been telling your stories every week and some of you have stories we have not heard yet. You know that God has the power to be faithful in his promise. You know God has the power to be faithful in forgiving you. You know all these things, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta check yourself at the same time. It's not, is God going to be faithful? Is God going to be good? We know God's going to be good. The question is, are we going to delay God's faithfulness? Am I doing my part? Not is he doing his or is she doing hers? Am I doing my part? I know God's going to be faithful. Am I doing my part in simply being faithful in obedience? Again, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, you're not called to be perfect. No one can do that except for Jesus, right? But we are called to be obedient, and every single one of us are going to be held accountable for that one day. We are called to be obedient, and what we read in this book, we are called to live it out. We are called to truly say, Jesus, I don't want to simply read this, but God, I want to obey this word. Like, I want to drink from this word. God, I want to be saturated in this word. But Scripture keeps going, and we see this, that total obedience requires sacrifice inside of your life. This whole idea, we talked about partial obedience and how you have the power literally to say, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delay God's promises for my life. Well, also, at the same time, let's, let's flip the coin. What does total obedience do? It requires sacrifice every single time inside of your life. Look with me in verses 1 through 3. Verse 1 says, The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. If you, if you haven't come to find this inside of your life, I know I have. But if you haven't come to this point, you're going to understand 
that in order to follow Jesus, it's not just simply being a good church attender, but every single time, every single day you wake up, it requires sacrifice. Now, you may not be sacrificing what Abraham, Abraham sacrificed, but we're all called to sacrifice something, right? And so we see this whole idea of sacrifice, and, and it goes along with surrender inside of our lives, right? Like, we say that in order to follow Jesus, you got to surrender your life to Jesus. In order, in order to truly uh, follow Jesus, you got to surrender it, and at the same time, you got to sacrifice some things. Some of you, you got to sacrifice some friendships, some of you, you got to sacrifice some relationships. Some of you, you got to sacrifice this or this or whatever the case may be. We're all different. You see what I'm saying? Like we're all different inside of our story, but it always requires sacrifice. And for some reason, I think we, we have this in our culture, like within this age group, we have this idea that when we follow Jesus, nothing is to be sacrificed. Like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus. I'm going to give my life for Jesus. But at the same time, nothing's going to be sacrificed. Like, I'm not going to put to death anything inside of my life. I'm not going to put to death anything toxic inside of my life. And then you come to Scripture and we see that, no, biblically speaking, in order to follow Jesus, you got to sacrifice some things. Now, some, some may be like Abraham, but some may be totally different. Whatever your life looks like, you got to examine that. God, what do I need to sacrifice in my life in order to truly surrender my life to you? God, what, what setbacks are in my life that I need to get rid of? you got to be bold with your faith. You've got you've to say, God, every day I wake up, God, I want to be one of these that is known for my sacrifice. God, I'm known for my surrender. And so we are called through this total obedience to give God not only our surrender, but also our sacrifice. And we see this. This is very interesting. God gave Abraham one command, but he required three sacrifices. You're like, well, that doesn't add up, right? And that's what God does. He gives one command, three sacrifices. What was the one command? Go to a land chosen by God. Now, I, I don't know if you understand this or not, but it doesn't say go to a land that you choose. Or go, go, to, uh, go to a house, you choose. Go to a family, you choose. No, God comes along and he says, the one command I'm going to give you is I want you to go to a land that I choose for you. God is saying, remember Abram, whenever you chose to follow me, you wanted the best for your life, here's the best for your life. The best for your life is not what you think. The best for your life is what I have for you, right? This is where we see this one command coming from. Go to a land chosen by God. What are the three sacrifices? Number one, leave your country. Number two, leave your relatives. Number three, leave your father's house. So basically what God is saying here is he's saying, Abram, in order to truly follow me, just like in the Gospels, drop your nets where you are and follow me, right? He's saying in order to follow me, you give up everything you know. Basically, give up your comfort zones. Give up the things inside of your life, even if they're not bad. There are some things we're going to come to inside of our life when it comes to total obedience that they're not necessarily bad for our lives. They're just not the best. Because there are some things that are good, there are some things that are godly. We're not called to live a life following good things, chasing good things, chasing good people. No, we are called to live this godly lifestyle. And in order to do that, God's often going to call you to sacrifice things even you enjoy, even that are not bad. And you're like, well, why, why, in, the world, why in the world would he do that? Here it is. The reason that God often requires this, that we sacrifice something, is always so that others may see his glory inside of our lives. I've said it one time, and I will say it a million more. 
Here at Cottage Hill College, we believe that whenever you choose to follow Jesus, like it is not about you anymore, right? Like it, it is not. It's always about that, that next person. It's always about that next friend group. It's always about that next person who doesn't even believe in God. And so we see this, like why does God require sacrifice? Why can't I just follow God and do what I want? Because there's other people going to hell right now. And there are other people, maybe if you don't sacrifice some things, that will end up forever separated from Jesus Christ. And you say, well, man, thinking about this just in my head, like it, it doesn't make sense, I don't want to do this. Have you ever thought about it eternally? Have, have you ever thought about sacrifice from an eternal standpoint? That there's a real place called hell. There's a real place called heaven. There is Satan. There is God. There's a spiritual war happening. And both God and Satan both are going after every single person's soul. And God says, Abraham, God says, Cottage Hill College, God says, Josh, you need to understand that as you sacrifice things, this is not a pity party for you. This is not something for you to be hung up on. You need to see people's eternity is hung up in this balance right here. And as you sacrifice, people, people will see that, people will notice. God is always a God of pursuing other people. God is always a God of pursuing, not just you, but let me go. How many more can I pursue? How many more? Like, they're only gonna be here for so long. You're only going to be in school for so long. So we are called to truly act out in this total obedience like and understand that it is ultimately for someone else inside of your life. And that is when I believe, that is when I believe someone is truly a believer right there, is when they understand I'm not living life for me. I'm not living life for myself. I'm living life for someone else. Like, yes, I focus on my, on my relationship with Jesus. Yes, I'm obedient. Yes, I do all these things. But really, ultimately, I'm going to focus on someone else. Why? Because we see Jesus Christ. We see the cross speaking of all of humanity. We see the cross speaking of every single one of your classmates. We see the cross speaking of even the person that you don't like, that you hate. We see the cross speaking. And whatever the cross speaks, that's what we are to follow. Right, And we see this. As we follow Jesus, we are required to give this ultimate sacrifice, whatever it looks like inside of your life, whatever it looks like. Some may be better, some may be bigger, some may be smaller. Whatever the case, are we good at saying, okay, God, I'm going to do it. Okay, God, I'm going to sacrifice whatever you'd like for me to sacrifice because I know it's not about me. It's always about someone else. But Scripture leads us to a third point. Total obedience doesn't always include understanding. And you're thinking, man, I need you to encourage me sometime tonight, right? Like, listen, it doesn't always include understanding inside of this scripture. Look at verse 4 and 5 if you're following along. Verse 4 says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. By the way, that is, that's old to go on a road trip, you know? Like, that's 75 years, that's old. So he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Now, I, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but look, look in your Bible in verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 starts out with three words, so Abram went. Y'all see that? So Abram went. Look at the end of verse 5. It goes along, the last three words, they arrived there. Now, if you look in between the starting point and the ending point, there's no evidence of understanding. There's no evidence of uh, Abram sitting down with God and saying, okay, God, I know your plans for me, but I, I need to consult you first, make sure it lines up with what I have first, right? Like it, I, I need to know that it makes sure that it lines up with the plans that I have. No, we see none of this. From, from Abram went, we see 
as the Lord told him. And then Lot went with him. Abram's 75 years old, right? He's telling us all this information. No, nowhere in this do we see understanding. Nowhere in this do we see Abram having all of his facts right or saying, God, I really, gosh, you know, I've been thinking, I'm considering following you, but God, I've just got a list of questions really quick, and God, I, I just, I don't think I can do it if you don't answer my question. No, if we spend our life asking questions, we're going to waste our life, right? And so we see this whole idea of, that this is Abram went as the Lord had told him. And you need to see that it has nothing to do with understanding, Right? If you want to look from a biblical standpoint, it has nothing to do with understanding, but everything to do with what? Obedience. And the same is true for your life. So many of you, listen to me, so many of you are searching for understanding. Some of you may even be believers. You may be followers of Jesus. You may have surrendered your life to him. But can I tell you, you may be searching for the wrong thing inside of your life. As followers of Jesus, we can't focus on understanding, knowing the future God has. We, we can't do all that. We simply go day by day in obedience. We go day by day just as Abram went. And what does it say? They arrived there. Can the same be said for yours and mine's story tonight? Can the same be said for our story? That you know what? Josh went, no understanding, and Josh arrived there. He listened to God's voice. He listened to the Spirit leading him, right? You see, our stories inside of verses 4 and 5, they, will, they probably will not add up. Do you see this? Inside of this story, it will probably not add up. You're probably not going to have a wife named Sarah. If you do, that's just coincidence, right? You may not be 75 years old. Like, it may not line up specifically. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't add up with you went and you ended up there because of what Jesus said, we're doing it wrong. Right? Like we need to truly see that we don't search for understanding, we search for obedience. The CSB Study Bible put it this way. Some of you may even, even have this study Bible. It says, It later becomes clear that at this point, Abram did not fully understand God's commands and promises. In matter of faith, understanding then follows obedience. Do you see the order here? According to Scripture, because if you, if you think in your mind, it's always going to be one thing. Following Jesus looks like this. I think it should be this way. I think I should look like this. I think my life should be this way. I think this person should be in my life. No. And then you look in Scripture and you see, hmm, maybe understanding actually comes last inside of following Jesus. Maybe, just maybe, in order to be a follower of Jesus, I need to focus on just like Tara did, I need to focus on this obedience aspect. And as I obey, I will eventually see that, gosh, you know, it's going to click and I'm going to understand what's happening in my life, right? I'm going to eventually see what God was doing this whole time. I'm going to eventually see why I got rid of these friends. I'm eventually going to see why I did this or made this decision against my own will. I'm eventually going to see that, but we have to first focus on obedience. And so, Lay it out very quick for you, and we'll go into a time of invitation. What is the first step of total obedience? Number one, you follow Jesus. Number one, you follow Jesus. The second step, don't seek understanding. Seek obedience inside of your life. Because we see this with Abraham, right? We see this whole idea of, you know what, I, I'm not, I'm not going to act like I love Jesus if I don't follow Jesus first. I'm not going to come to church every week and act like I'm, I'm devoted to him when I know I'm not. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. You just, you need to fix it. 
And so whenever you look at this, some of you, you've never chosen to follow Jesus before. Some of you raised your hand last week, right? But some of you have never chosen to follow Jesus before. And so listen, if you're, if you're debating on this, if you're like, man, why have I not heard from God? Maybe that's why you haven't heard from God, because you're not following him. I don't hear from somebody if I'm not walking with them, Right? I, I, I don't hear from them if I'm not right there, but if I'm not walking with them daily in a relationship, why would I ch- Yeah, you're not going to hear from them, right? God's the same way. And so some of you, you simply need to say, God, I'm a sinner and I know that I failed you, but I know, God, you're a great Savior and I want to surrender my life to you. Some of you simply need to, to follow Jesus for the very first time. Some of you in the room, you're following Jesus, but it may not be with true obedience, some of you may be following Jesus for understanding. Some of you may be following Jesus for what he can give you. Whatever the case may be, you need to understand, whoever you are in the room right now, we all got something to talk to God about. Last I checked, none of us were perfect when we walked in the room. And so listen, during this invitation time, just like every week, I encourage you guys, I actually challenge you guys to come up to this altar and to lay down, right? Like as, as this band plays for you guys, like I encourage you, lay your life before Jesus Christ. Lay your life and say, Jesus, I know that I've never surrendered my life to you. Some of you, I know I've surrendered my life to you, but God, I've, I've never obeyed you. I've never focused on obedience. I've always been drugged down by not understanding you. So whoever you are in the room, I challenge you. Get on your knees, get in the aisles, get on wherever you want to go. But if you choose to make a decision, come talk to me afterwards, Okay. Come talk to me afterwards, and we'll get you in some next steps. So let me pray for us. Pray for us, and let's get serious about this business, all right? God, we love you. Lord, we thank you so much just for tonight. God, we thank you. God, that we can approach you. God, and that we, we have the opportunity to obey you. God, it's not, it's not a, God, something that holds us back. Obedience is not. Obedience is not this thing that we try to stay away from, Lord, but we see in Scripture, God, obedience is, God, the first step to to seeing you be faithful. And God, I talk to you every day about this, Lord, as, as we are a growing ministry, as we have people surrendering their lives to you, as we have people who are still on the fence of whether or not to follow you. God, I pray that we'd be known as a group, God, that, that we start our story with we go, we're gonna listen to God. But we end our story, Lord, with we've arrived there. God, we, we arrived. We haven't played games our whole life. We haven't, we haven't messed around all throughout our college years, God, but we got serious with you. And Jesus, that's what we pray about tonight. God, we pray, we speak of revival, we speak of all this. God, it starts with us obeying you. That's simply all it is. And so God, tonight, during this time, God of invitation, God, I pray that people's hearts would be broken for you, God. I pray that they would be broken over themselves. God, I pray that people would come to the realization, God, that maybe they don't know you. Maybe they've never followed you, God. Some have followed you, Lord. Some are walking with you, but God, they're not, they're not obeying you. God, either way, we pray that, God, we would all come face to face with the Savior tonight. God, and that it would be a glorious homecoming. God, it, it would be beautiful. God, we know there's not judgment. We know there's no condemnation. We know we have Jesus who is waiting for us. So, God, we thank you for being so good. Lord, we thank you, God, for never giving up on us. God, we thank you for being patient. God, we lag around so much, and we just take our time.
But tonight, God, I pray that no one would, would wait any longer. God, I pray that, God, you would do what only you could do. So, God, we thank you in advance. It's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.